electrician, a trade person's podcast. Chewing the fat on how to master your craft. Speaking with folks who work with their hands and learning from experience. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite electrician, Doug, here. Welcome back to the show. Happy to have you here, as always. Got a big week starting for Lumen Brothers Electric Company this week. We kick off our week with a 400 amp service upgrade. Been a little while because we just, like most of you, haven't been able to get our hands on 400 amp service equipment, i.e. the meter socket, exterior disconnects. Um, Like most of you, we're experiencing those setbacks on the supply chain as well. Uh, We did, though, just this week get two new 400 amp meter sockets in. They're underground fed as opposed to overhead. So we've gotta be a little bit creative on how we uh, do the installation. We're gonna run a wireway below our equipment, set two exterior disconnects. Um, We've been sitting on the disconnects for a little while, but we did find a supplier that was able to get us separate 225 uh, amp rated exterior disconnects and all we had to do was swap out that main breaker for a 200 amp main breaker. So that seems to be working out. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Hopefully the supply chain is starting to ease up a little bit. Uh, Still seeing shortages and breakers, all that sort of stuff. What sort of uh, delays are y'all experiencing and what kind of projects are those delays interfering? For us, it's really been service upgrades. Um, So, you know, hopefully it's turning around. That's the hope. Uh, Really looking forward to this project, though. It's going to be a big one. We'll post uh, photos and videos of tomorrow's work. Hopefully you guys have a great week lined up with some exciting projects that uh, are going to challenge you, test your resolve, and and push you to be a little bit better at what you do. That's the whole point as we grow and get better. Uh, Got a great conversation for you guys this week that we're really excited to share with you. Uh, you know, we meet a lot of people while we're doing this podcast, which is, has been wonderful, getting an opportunity to just talk to so many different people and share those conversations with all of you. Um, and every now and again, when you are chatting with people, you just come across a kindred spirit, somebody that you really resonate and connect with. And today's conversation is with just one of them people. Uh, Corey Blair, owner, operator, co-owner, operator of Lighthouse Electric out of Louisville, Kentucky is somebody that Josh and I both found on Instagram and really connected with. Mostly because Corey's just a down-to-earth good dude. Um, you know, as, as far as somebody who owns a company is concerned and is out there making executive decisions from the perspective of a master electrician, um, Corey's just got a really grounded sense about him. Um, you know, he he's really, really good at communicating, which I think makes for a, a great leader. I think leaders have to be able to really communicate their ideas well, and, and some of us struggle with that. But Corey's really great at communication. You know, he's great at setting his expectations. Um, and one thing that I always notice that I like about what he does is, you know, most of us on Instagram or social media, we're always just posting the shiny, sparkly stuff, you know, the stuff that really worked out well. Um, But Corey also talks about the mistakes that they make in the field and what they do to resolve those mistakes. And I think it takes a lot of courage to put that sort of stuff out there. Hey, you know, this didn't work out the way we wanted it to, because the reality of the situation is, you know, we're all we're all privy to that. You know, that human element is what seeps into our daily lives all the time. You can be a rock solid electrician and that human element just just has an effect on you no matter what you do. Time drags on. Did you eat enough? Did you get enough sleep? Are you feeling well? Are you having a fight with your spouse at home? You know, are you frustrated about something? Did your team not win the big game and that's pissing you off today because you're really hooked on that kind of stuff? I mean, there's all these elements that go into whether or not the work that we do is is perfect, as close to perfect as possible, right? Um, and I just really always like that Corey takes a second to stop and go, hey, 
check this out. Here's something we messed up and here's how we messed it up. And here's what we're doing to mitigate it. Here's how we fix it. And here's how we're going to put a policy in place so that doesn't happen in the future. Um, Cause that's what it's really all about. You know, it's all about like, it's all about learning from your mistakes, dialing it in, uh, recognizing where you made, you know, where you may have faltered and, and trying to fix it, um, being realistic with yourself. And I love that he does it. I think great leaders do that. Um, so in this conversation, we talk about all kinds of stuff from running a business, hiring, um, you know, we, we talked to Corey about partnership because uh, Lighthouse Electric is a partnership and Lumen Brothers Electric, our company, is a partnership. And when you're starting your own company, a lot of people will suggest against partnership. You know, uh, we, we heard, like many had heard, uh, the only good partners are for dancing, things like that. And that can be very true. I know, uh, you know, there are a lot of you out there listening right now that have maybe had partnerships that did not work out because it can be tricky. They're relationships. Uh, so we picked Corey's brain about that. Uh, we had a, we had a, listener kind of sent us a message online, a guy named Ryan, who wanted to talk about partnerships. You know, he's considering going out on his own and kind of wanted to get some feedback on what we thought on that. So we, we talk a lot about that, talk about a lot of things in this conversation that we really think you guys are gonna, uh, gonna enjoy. So without further ado, here's our talk with Corey Blair from Lighthouse Electric. Enjoy. Oh, Ryan, what's up, y'all? We're sitting here with our good friend Corey Blair from Lighthouse Electric. Corey, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Can you tell us all a little bit about yourself, Corey, as we get started? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Lighthouse uh, and me all originating in Kentucky. Um, so we're in the Louisville, Kentucky area for uh, where we serve that whole kind of metro area. Um, so I was born and raised uh, just south of Louisville. Um, have kind of traveled around a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, came up in went through, I guess, traditional kind of upbringing with regard to like uh, the, the school, right? You got to go to school. You got to do that thing. So did well in school, yeah. went through that, went through, uh, went through college okay. and graduated in '09, uh, which was like peak time to look for a career in any industry. <laughs> uh, but while I was going through school, I worked a bunch of uh, food service jobs and construction jobs. Uh, a bunch of construction jobs is inaccurate. I rolled out felt paper on roofs for a roofing company and uh, did some uh, construction stuff on like mission projects and things. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, really clear that food service was not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So uh, I did not pursue that any further. Um, went to a work with a nonprofit handling like local missions projects in Louisville. So I did that for a hot minute and then went to. Um, Cleveland for a church plant and up there is where I fell into electrical hmm. from an apartment maintenance job hmm. that I hated every single part of except for the electrical <laughs> troubleshooting. So yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one. But uh yeah, that led me to electrical. I enjoyed the troubleshooting side of it and got my first job and it's we just passed the decade. My first week as an electrician was the week before Thanksgiving in twenty twelve. So just hit my uh, full decade in the industry. Congrats, man. That's awesome. That's a good feeling. Yeah. That's cool, it man. Is. It is. Yeah. I'm going to sound a little simple-minded here, but I feel like from Kentucky, you don't have as much of an accent as I expected. Yeah. Uh, so Louisville is kind of weird in that like it's non-regional um, for the most part. So we're not – like there's still the alls and that kind of stuff. There, You can find twang here or there. Um, I. Uh, it's funny to, to hear like where that happens. So if I go home – and I'm home for longer than a few days, and I see old friends, like, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. uh, not as bad as my buddy Lee, who, like, is from Louisiana, and when he comes back, like, you cannot understand a word he says yeah. for about a week and a half, yeah. but, uh, yeah. That's funny. You ever heard of that concept of mirroring? It's a, it's a human, a subconscious thing humans do to kind of relate to people. 
For sure, yeah. And I, I catch myself doing that a lot. Like uh, with upbringing stuff, I had to learn how to pivot really well and be kind of like all things to all people. Yeah. So with that, uh, I mirror a lot, like even down to like word choice and things. So I oh. feel like I can blend in fairly well yeah. in most crowds. Just, yeah. I use a lot of big words with our customers. So, and, and my wife, I mean, she made fun of me for a little bit saying it's kind of like a chameleon thing, but I, I think it's, it's, it's how humans relate to each I other. Think so. it's, it's a way of saying, you know, like you're hearing something in the person you're talking to and you're trying to connect with them, you know, subconsciously. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Josh has a good rule about that when like dealing with, uh, customers and you're talking about, um, electrical nomenclature, mm. i.e. a receptacle versus an outlet versus a plug. Plug. Mm -hmm. Like if you hear the client say plug, then in conversation, plug, it's plug, plug it is, right? You, yeah. you, you say what they say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Unless it's, it's real it. goofy like on Seinfeld. <laughs> if, they, if she calls it holes, yeah. then you're probably going to want to correct her. The holes, you guys do the holes <laughs> in the walls. The we got two holes, we need three holes. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. yeah. The uh, the biggest thing on that for us, like as far as the, the nomenclature piece goes there, is just making sure that it's like homeowner is its own language. Like there's no other way to say that. Like you have got to learn how it is that other people interpret the things that are around them and translate that. Like somebody's like, yeah, my breaker keeps tripping and you show up and it's the plug in their bathroom. Totally. GFI. GFI. Correct. Yeah. So like it's just little things like that. But yeah, learning how to speak homeowner yeah. is its own. Homeowner, when homeowners say the box, you know what the box is. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's got to be an app or something. That's created where like, translate. Well, or like, it's a filter like an alarm that, or like an alarm that goes off when I'm speaking too much electrical talk. Doug, and, and Doug does get pretty yeah. technical. I know. Um, but it's cool because we play good cop, bad cop a lot. So he's like <laughs> dropping a ton of knowledge on them. And they're like, whoa, these guys know what they're doing. And I'm like, and then I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. What Doug's saying, you know? Yeah. I'm the smart yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I. That's how we're He's playing. He's like, it. now what Doug's saying. He's a little bit inaccurate, but let me I'll tell you what he's trying to say. I know what he's trying to say. So what? Uh, so you said you fell into electrical because I, I have a similar scenario. I, I feel like I fell into it, but it mm -hmm. was kind of love at at first fall. What, yeah. what, what was what was the moment that you connected with it? I mean, was there something that made it happen? So I was kind of spoiled in the way of like troubleshooting because the building that I was working in was a high rise. So everything inside of that building was in conduit. Mm. So the weird part on that is like they did that from a service standpoint, I'm sure, when they built this high rise. But the uh, the thing that, that I enjoyed was like the figuring out like, if something's not working here, like finding the next destination where it, it should work. And sometimes because it was in conduit, it didn't necessarily make the most sense. Like if you're wiring a house here in Romex, you're going to hit the nearest point unless there was a weird blocking or something. So you went up and over some of the things that you'll see. But um, for the most part on that one, like it was a matter of figuring out like how somebody else had done it. Um, and then just figuring out like, why it wasn't working. That was kind of the, the enjoyment piece for me as as a kid, I, uh, I catch jokes from my cousins every now and then. If I got a toy at Christmas, I was going to take it apart immediately, <laughs> and I would put it back together, rarely with spare parts. I just needed to see how it worked. Huh. And like that's electrical was that way for me initially. It still is. Like There's times where um, like right wire electric has been... Customers like, can you put this back together, please? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just coming here for a proposal. I mean, it took my entire panel. Well, well that was fun. <laughs> Well, I know how it works, but uh, I don't get extra pieces. 
Yeah. So you were saying right wire. You were looking at right wire talking about yeah. right wire. So he's he's had a couple of clips lately where he was talking about a specific issue with like motion controls that are going through a dimmer as well and what's going on that's causing this or that. Like those are the things where like that problem comes up and you can really just scratch your head for a minute. And sometimes it's a really basic thing. Yeah. Um, that, that you end up finding at the end of it. Like we have a customer who calls and like, my bulbs don't shut off. Like, okay, cool. So we show up and we look and sure enough, they don't, but they've got a dimmer that's not rated for led and they got a bulb that just won't turn all the way off. Right. Those are easy to catch yeah. now. But the first time I got that call, yeah. <laughs> but that first time, that first like ex- exploration, that's good. Yeah. I was thinking that's about that today. It's like time in the field is so val is such a valuable asset to like you you can be a master electrician um but it takes technically seven years full-time to get there at least depending on where we're at right so um but that's not a ton of time and so you know i'm eight years in eight and a half and i i still just don't have the time in where like i'll i'll come across things where i'll make a silly oversight because I haven't made that oversight before. Yeah. And it just is like, oh, yeah, okay. Ah, shit, yeah, I didn't think about that. And I, I think that, I, you know, I guess that's arguable because no matter how long you're in, you're going to make oversights. You're, you know, you're always going to come to something where you're like, shit. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a matter of what you're exposed to, right? Yeah. So it's like if you, if you only mm-hmm. operate in one arena mm-hmm. of the electrical industry, yeah. be it new construction or, you know, service, it's like you're only going to know what you're exposed to and maybe the individuals you're exposed to. Um, yeah, but so it's like you can go, you can be twenty years in and not have a certain experience. If it doesn't happen to you, how are you gonna know? Yeah, you know, um, which is why it's like we we are constantly. Recently, I feel like we're chasing terrible experiences. <laughs> <laughs> it is how we learn. It, it's it, they come in waves too. It's like, yeah. Do you, yeah, can you? I was thinking about this today too. Is there, is there, can you think of a time when you got, so you got yourself stuck in a project that just was like, when you were in it, once it got started, you were just like, what did, what have I done? I just have to get out now. What have I done to myself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there wasn't, there was one that we didn't, we didn't have to get out of. It wasn't a problem from, and this is one that was a good financial lesson. This wasn't one that was like a terrible customer. It was one who didn't really understand. They're in a city that's adjo- like adjoining where we're at, but they're about a 45 minute drive for us to get there. And they would want us to come out at the finish level for like two hour calls mm-hmm. um, and trying to explain that. And that was a bad one. So like it was a homeowner GC, which generally we work well with. Most of that is a remodel situation. And we're super understanding of like the way that's going to go. It means that the project will probably be a little slower than a professional GC running it because they're going to bring in one trade at a time, mm-hmm. or it's going to be miserable because they're going to try to bring everybody on the same days. Yeah. So like, there's not really a lot of in between there, unless you just have a really organized person who like gets out their Gantt chart and like makes their whole flow for how engineers. Um, yeah. Sometimes we get some of those yeah. and those are great. But, yeah. Then they're uh, going to start wiring it themselves though and telling you how they would have wired it. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a few of those. Yeah. Um, they would have done it faster though. Mm. So the, uh, they would have hit more junction boxes in the wall. Definitely. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we find plenty of those, yeah. but uh, I've got a fun story about uh, a homeowner wiring job. I can tell later if you want, but the, uh, the thing I was going to say there is a homeowner GC on a new build. These, these were new homes. Like that was a, that was a whole different world. Interesting. Um, so that was a different one, but also the bid on the front end. Uh, this was a lesson learned that we didn't do a good job of defining our scope, exactly what we were doing. 
Um, earlier in our infancy as a company, we had a third partner who we bought out after the first year. Okay. Um, and at that point in time, we were kind of paying homage to him because, you know, he's had more time in the trade. He's about seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so not an old dude by any stretch, but just paying homage to the time that he's had in because he's been doing it since, you know, early 20s. Yeah. Um, and then should have more experience on the bidding, that kind of stuff. Like the first bid we put out for this um, was basically just a materials list with a scope that said like wire it to code. Well, that's not what we were doing. We had recess lights in a bunch of rooms. We had overhead lights or fans in bedrooms and to code would be switched plug as far as like minimums. Right. So, um, so we had a lot of stuff that we just weren't defended on. And our price on that was like, we were losing. Yeah by the second day of the finish and it took way too long. Yeah. And that project also was another good one because we, we passed it off three times. We had like the guy who wired it on the rough end. We had a first guy who went out on the finish and then we passed it off a second time to a different guy to finish out the rest of the finish when the rest of it was ready. So there were like wires looped in walls that called like for three different sets of calls to happen to get things done. Just mm. terrible inefficiencies. So good things to learn some standard yeah. like operating procedures on, but yeah. That was a big one because we learned like four lessons on that set of jobs, but like tuition well paid in the school of hard knocks. Like we learned the lesson. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And, tuition. Well, and, and you mentioned it right, right off the bat that it's 45 minutes away. So it's like when you have a job where there's lots of return calls or lots of learning mm-hmm. lessons, it, the farther away it is, the more you feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we've never really talked about. <laughs> we, Josh knows what I'm yeah we, we have a lot of trauma from a, a job we previously got, we got really uh we really almost went out of business our first year in business <laughs> second year that so was second year, second year. And we took on, we took on a job that was uh it just was big well I'm, and and, really and like big. you said 45 minutes from home so i yeah. think this one was about 45 50 minutes yeah. and it's like so yeah. every trip down there if you're unsuccessful or it's a small call it's mm-hmm. it all it snowballs. It adds up when you're yeah. when you're ten minutes from home. It's not that big of a deal. But um, well, also if you don't believe in some sort of like supreme being, you will <laughs> when it is kicking you in the dick over <laughs> and because it's all jobs like that. It's just like it just gets worse and worse. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter what its name is. It, if it's yeah, Yahweh, it's the universe, or Mother Nature. It is uh, brutal. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it boils down to it seems like you're an individual who, um, you know, we mentioned Jocko before we, we started the podcast, but you're an individual yeah. who strikes me as someone who would say good in that moment and, and see, like, you know, what are, like, yeah. what's what the learning lesson? Right? Yeah, rather than just be like, oh, this sucks, you know, mm-hmm. we're not making any money, this is stupid. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you see the lesson yeah. and you implement it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We had a local contractor who made fun of us. We had like some of our most viewed reels were actually one of them that's a, uh, a video about uh, putting our foot through a ceiling. Uh, oh, we had a local contractor yeah. who was like, dude, like, what are you doing telling people that you messed up? Like, I'm telling people that I own it, yeah. dummy. Like, that's what I'm doing. Right. And then here's the follow up. Here's what happened. Here's, here's, how here's the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's more well, like the, the first one was how we handled it. But the second one was like, what happened? How did this happen? Why did this happen? Right. What can we do to keep this from happening again? Like, Paying for a drywall pair and paint, like that's one thing, but actually figuring out what it is so we don't do it again, yeah. or at least have everything set up to not, yeah. that's, that's vital. Fire yeah. Charlie. Charlie, you're fired. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, that's the that's the, the debrief, right? You know, you so it's yeah. like you have this bad moment, you have this bad day at work, and it's like you can leave it there, or like we do often, it's like we gotta we, we get out of there, 
find a time to pull aside and, and say what went wrong. Yeah, man. What can we do better? How do, what, what do we learn? Yeah. What's the tuition? What tuition are we paying for? Yep. How well, can we yeah. manage expectations with customers better or can we have different tools? Do we, we do we just say no to that kind of stuff? Let's not do a job like that anymore. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> is that an organic thing for you guys? Like, do you guys just do that as you feel the need for it or is that kind of programmed in for you? Debriefs? Yeah. It's a good idea. We, we just, I, I think by nature, I want, think want it, to learn, want when, to grow. Yeah, I think when... when one of us or both of us has a, you know, because we're, we're, we're separate most of the time. You know, we, we get together on some bigger jobs, but for the most part, we run our own weeks separate. Mm-hmm. And our, our apprentice kind of... We share goes, them. You know, yeah. 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 Um, but what will happen is we'll, it seems like it usually happens to us in waves at the same time. So mm-hmm. we'll get together on a Friday and be like, man, I got to tell you about my week. We're both shaking. We're and both like, like yes. need a drink. So we get together for a beer and yeah, we go over them. Yeah. And um, sometimes you just get beat up. Yeah, it's so I don't, just the way it is. It's not an official thing that we set aside time for each week, but we do in our own way make it like I got to talk to somebody because my wife, I love her, but she doesn't, you know, she will listen to my day, yeah. but the technical mm-hmm. aspects of it, she's like, yeah, Sarah doesn't want to hear it. I don't care. Trying to hear it. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you almost you need to talk to, talk to somebody who, yeah. who gets it on the technical level yeah. and can be like, you know, bounce ideas, you know, offer, offer advice. So well, you, you've got a partner and you started with three. Yeah. What, what can you say about partnering? Because you'll get, I had a guy, there's a fellow that reached out on Instagram today. Um, I'm going to pull up his name. Yeah. Call him out. I'm going to call this person out on the Instagrams. Uh, they, they reached out today and, uh, here's what, uh, it was Ryan Bacard. Uh, and Ryan says uh, he's thinking about getting uh, getting ready to go out on his own, uh, but he wanted to know about partnership advice, right? Like uh, he's he said that a lots lots of business advice is the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. Yes, I, I also partners heard, are for dancing. I heard partners only partners that are good are for dancing. I heard that too. So he wanted to know about like what do you what do you say about what do you, what's your insight on partnering? Um, sure. What do you say? So this, yeah, Lighthouse is um, presently uh, as good as I could possibly imagine a partnership could possibly be. Um, however, Lighthouse did not start that way, and it came out of a bad one, and before that was another bad one. Okay. Uh, so my story before Lighthouse got to where it is, so Lighthouse is three years old, January 2020. Yeah, same, oh. same, same. We're, the, we're the same age. That's it, man. Uh, so uh, we've got a little bit more time in on that um, because uh, my first company was a handyman remodeling service um, okay. back in like 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, out of that, I started making relationships. I was already an electrical apprentice, so I was already doing side work, um, doing some of those kind of things. So that was where part of it started. And then I had a background in some remodeling stuff, so I was taking on that. But out of that, I... Uh, I learned pretty quickly like where the value is on like people who are in the trades for some people, you know, like the, the direct quote from a customer was uh, after they got my invoice, evidently they, they had been keeping track of all the hours I was there. And they said like, well, according to the hours that you've been there, that would mean you're making like $65 an hour. And there are professionals in my office who don't make that hmm. to which I said, well, tell one of those dockers wearing MFers to come down here and remodel your bathroom just pay me what you agreed to. Like yeah. if we have to do liens, whatever. Yeah. But after that one, getting shorted on money uh, and being like most construction business owners, like struggling to keep ahead or having to sell that next job to get to the next one. So you end up like 
like daylight savings, cutting the bottom off the blanket and sewing it to the top to keep a longer blanket. Like that's what it felt like. So uh, out of that, I went back to electrical eventually. There was another step in there, but the important bit is that I went back to electrical, um, got brought on as a partner very shortly after I joined a company in town, super minority owner. I didn't have to buy in. So like I was just handed equity, uh, but I didn't have a voice in the partnership. Um, that's not, that's not true. I had a voice. It just wasn't ever heated. Come to find out that, I mean, that was a three person partnership as well. Uh, the other partner who had been there that got brought in before I did also didn't really have a lot of voice. Uh, and then eventually it became clear like, Oh, he just, he's bringing in partners so that he can put people on salary and then have them work like an owner. But anyhow, so that was partnership one, not great. Partnership two was with like what I refer to as the man behind the curtain, like that Mr. Wizard figure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to handle all the admin office stuff. That's my specialty. You're going to handle running stuff in the field because that's your specialty. You're a really good electrician or name your other trade. It doesn't matter. You can plug and play anything into that model. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're really good at this thing. And I'm really good at this thing. So I'm going to fill the sales pipeline and I'm going to do the books and I'm going to take care of that stuff. And we're going to have a a great situation here, which sounds great. Mm -hmm. And there are people in town for us locally who have that going on and it is going great. But you need a really good Mr. Wizard. Our Mr. Wizard was not good. He was not accountable. Uh He did not do any of the things he was supposed to do. Regularly set his own deadlines for things and missed them. And at the end of like 18 months of that, where he wasn't doing his part, but still holding his hand out for the profit, we were like, bro, we're out. Like all the things that you're supposed to do, I'm doing Mm. when I should be spending time with my family, Mm. when, you know, the things are going on around me, social events just stopped happening. I wasn't going to bed until midnight and after because I was doing the books and following up with the customers and ordering materials and doing all those pieces. Like I can't do both jobs. Um, so that was not good out of that came lighthouse. So three of us who were involved in that ordeal in that process, two other partners, three other partners got brought in. One of them left because he saw the writing on the wall quicker than us. He's very smart. Uh, you can tell by his accent. He's got a very, very thick Southern accent. That dude's got wisdom beyond the gauge. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know. We're, we're <laughs> stupid. We don't. <laughs> There's no distinguished gentlemen's here. Yeah. I don't wear the glasses to look smart. I'm not smart. Um, Your accent will pick in someday. You'll get it. You'll grow into it. Listen, if I got to throw it on, brother, I can't be here. Me too. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we, we left and the three of us who were still around started Lighthouse and there were some cultural differences internally and some just different focuses and visions on stuff that made that not a good fit with the third partner. Um, so rather than staying around and not having a great time on that, uh, we just you know made an offer. We had recently gotten, we were looking, uh, there's some other good partnership advice here, but they, uh, the first thing that we did is we had a valuation done because we were getting insurances on each other mm-hmm. so that like... Uh, I love Jake and I love his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I didn't get into business with his wife and he didn't get into business Mm -hmm. with my wife. So if something happens to me, I want to make sure the money is there so that Jake can just cut a check and buy out the portion of the company, take care of my wife on that. So we have life insurance policies against each Mm -hmm. other. It's important. We kind of operate on like a a hit by bus philosophy is the best way to say it. Like if you just get by a bus on the way home, what happens? Um, So we were doing that. So we recently had a valuation and Jake and I were just talking like, what are we going to do about this? Cause we've talked about it a couple of times. Um, I was asking before about debriefs. So like quarterly we'll get together with our guys. We'll buy them lunch. We'll have them like roast us literally like in a group setting, they've got the numbers. There's five of them. There's two of us. So they get to sit us down and say like, this is what you're doing. Good. This is what you're not doing. Good. This is what the company's doing. Good. This is what the company's not doing. Good. Uh, they get to give us that feedback and we give the same feedback, but that's a chance for us to like shoot them a bonus um, for like, 
a grading scale rubric we've kind of set up for them, but they get to roast us first and we want to hear that. Yeah. Well, the third partner getting the feedback, like super minor feedback was basically an ownership issue. Like you don't really seem to own things. You want to blame like a situation or the material or something like that. And sometimes that's happening in front of customers and that just feels bad. Oh. And immediately just like negative response, totally rejected it. Wouldn't accept the feedback. And that's a bad look at that point. We were like, this isn't going to work. Right. We are yoked differently. Yeah. But, uh, at present with Jake and I, dude, we love it. Yeah. Um, Good. The only thing I would say, like advice-wise, from that, you got to find somebody who's going to tell you that you have things in your teeth. Yep. Like that's very important, and you got to have somebody who's willing to put their head down and pull. We had a death in the family um, earlier this week, yeah. and uh, I was home all day today because Jake's handling it in the office. During that, one of our guys calls in sick today, so he's short me. He's short one other guy, and he's having to figure that out and, and pivot. And he's just the kind of guy who's going to just pull the plow. And that's the same thing that happened for me. Like when the time, you know, we learned a lesson about not double booking ourselves when babies are due. Cause Jake three months ago had a baby oh, wow. and I had like my sets of estimates, his sets of estimates, yeah. plus the field support and whatever. Luckily we learned that lesson at my expense. And this time around, Jake's <laughs> that uh, but then like immediately after I'm back from, from paternity leave, we're, holidays into a death in the family and you know yeah, it just is what it is so having somebody who can yoke with you is great That's good. so we asked you about partner experience it sounds like across three yeah. different companies you've had like eight different partners Wildly, or something yeah. that's that's yeah. you've had all the partners don't do it ryan don't <laughs> run <laughs> the one thing the one thing i'll say on that like if you can do it yourself if you have any inclination that you can do it yourself do it um if, if you feel like you want somebody as a sounding board somebody who can help support you in yeah. that that can really like relate on that it's it's fantastic to have somebody as long as they're willing to pull the plow with you you can't have a lazy dance partner yeah, you fact. can't do it period yeah well in our case you have to be able to slow the plow down sometimes yeah I'm so, a, <laughs> drop anchor man it's fine this this man is full steam ahead <laughs> it's it's incredible yeah. it's never more evident than in uh relationships i think i mean yeah. we both we both talked about it it's like and ryan if you're listening you know it's like um we could both do it on our own it just wouldn't be as much fun it wouldn't be and it would kind of suck it would be yeah and honestly like the all of the challenges that we were discussing earlier like getting yourself in a tight spot figuring it out you can call. I mean, look, you can call. Uh, most of us have friends that we can call and just, you know, you find that person, whatever. But having a, yeah. having a partner that you can call and, and uh, make sense of little things that you just ha things maybe you haven't learned yet. Maybe they know or maybe you can learn them together and figure yeah. those things out or give each other the confidence to. Yeah. And, and insight into the policies you, got, you guys want to make moving forward. Man. So it's like you might be wrestling with how you want to deal with a problem, but then they also have some input. Yeah. Your friend might be like, nah, that sucks, man. Good luck with that. Not it's my like, company. But this guy's actually invested in it. Right. So he's, yeah. he's going to offer it. more than just like, a, oh, that's a bummer, dude. You know. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Man. Man. I, 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 granted, we probably got fortunate, but I can't imagine doing it on my own. I don't, um, I don't know that I, I would even want to because it's just um, – it's so there's so much to it. There's so much to it all the time, and it's nice to know. Like I think we knew right away that like there were there were little benefits to it. Like when you're taking maternity leave, paternity leave. Yeah. That's way more doable when when you have somebody to rely on. I you know how many of us yeah. have worked for a one person show? Most of us, and just watch that person never take a break. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there's there's definitely benefits, but you've got to. Um, did you know? 
Jake before you partnered with him? How did you meet him? Uh, apprenticeship class uh, in my second round of year one. Okay. Uh, I did my first round in Cleveland at a different program. Uh, when I moved down to Kentucky, I tried to test into the local program for that and uh, didn't pass the test. Ironically, after the second year of education there, I'm pretty sure most of my classmates couldn't have passed the clep out test for year one. Okay. So that seemed like a, just a pay barrier on that one. But either way, um, first night of year one, um, I was working for a service company uh, who has kind of like a, are you familiar with uh, Mr. Sparky? Yeah, I know that name. Or any of that franchise? Yeah. Or, so there, there's kind of a franchise model that's out there that can be bought into. You don't have to use their branding. You can use your own. But it's like the guys who are showing up in like gray work pants, short sleeve white shirt with like, you know, an American patch on one sleeve and drug tested background checked on the other with their name on it and the company brand. And they're in a white short sleeve button down shirt. Uh, that was me okay. in night one as an apprentice working for a company like that, complete with glasses and calculator watch. And Jake saw me and went, that guy's not talking to anybody. I'm sitting with him. That's great, yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> he sat down beside me and uh, we went like, I don't know, six weeks without saying anything until a really mouthy guy in class was arguing a point that he was wrong on with the teacher. And Jake just kind of got up and got loud. And Jake is uh, he's about 6'5 and 300 pounds, um, just pure southeastern Kentucky uh, accent to match and just stood up and called him a dumb son of a bitch and everybody <laughs> was quiet and uh, our teacher called for a break and told Jake to sit back down and he stood back up <laughs> and uh, we stood up after that and I shook hands with him and introduced myself and uh, you know flash forward <laughs> Would about you like to seven years of weird business? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so like your question, sir. Yeah, like none of your shit. Thanks for saying what we all thought. That's right. Sometimes you need that. It's, it's, I'm always proud when I see Josh do say something or do something, and I'm like, yeah, man. I can yeah. say it, stand by that. Well, yeah, especially right. it's like when you're watching someone, and online is the worst, when you're watching someone argue and they're wrong, it's like, man, <laughs> oh. you know, it's, it's. I believe firmly in a level of humility with yeah. all this because I'm 17 years in, but it's like I can be schooled by somebody who's, you know, eight years in. Yeah. It's like it happens all the time. It does, yeah. And so just... it's like you should be confident, but you should also, my grandfather always said you should have a teachable spirit. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the reality is, you 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 enter the world confident but open, you mm-hmm. know. And so when you're arguing with somebody, I don't know. And, unless you're a hundred percent certain, yeah. that's pretty bold. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like to call someone out and be like, "Look, come on, man, quit arguing with the teacher. Knock it off." You know, it's like I like yeah, that. I like that. I like that. Uh, I like character. friends. I like my friends that have a fire in their belly. Yeah. Like they can be wrong about stuff, but I don't. I don't want passive people in my life. Yeah. It's not. I don't need yes men. I need people who are going to tell me their stuff in my teeth. Well, and that, exactly. That's what, when you said about a partner. It's like you need someone who holds you accountable, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and ideally counterbalances you pretty well, too. Like, um, and Josh and I talk about it a lot, but we definitely – we're real similar in a lot of ways. And I think that gets masked by our differences because we're, we're fundamentally different types of people. Um, mm. Just cut from different cloths for sure. Um, yeah. But have a lot of the same passions and our, our, the way we approach it's very similar. Um, both open to it's a core value, yeah, yeah. core value yeah. issue. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what to tell Ryan as far as like how to do it because it's a crapshoot. 
Yeah, so as far as the how to do it, set up an operating agreement first thing. Make sure you know exactly what's going on, what's going to happen. Like, hopefully your company's wildly successful. What do you do? Like, so like, Josh, what do you do if Doug gets hooked on pills? Like, just being silly about it, but like, what do you do? I'd say you got enough for me, man. Hooked on pills, yeah, man. Like, what do you what do you do? Like, those have to be there. Like, those. How do you handle that if this were to come up? Um, That's a thing. One have insurances in place in case something happens with you or a partner. And then the last piece, be thinking about an exit strategy like that was like at the end of the day i don't want to sell this business but like there's an amount of money somebody could offer me that i would walk away for so if that is going on like what does that look like do i get to just sell my piece and leave jake with whoever buys it sure we our our first conversation about if we wanted to start a business included the well what if this doesn't work out yeah well what's it look like if we want to move on can we agree right now to be amicable you know would, would we both be all right with moving forward if that was the case and and even if you don't have the perfect solution in that moment, just being able to have that conversation. Because if, if yeah. you get someone who's like, oh, well, that would never happen. Hmm. It's like we, we went to Nika recently and we're talking to a guy about lighting. And I said, well, what happens if, you're, if, you, if your company goes out of business and I'm stuck with all this 18.2 in the walls? He goes, well, that won't happen. I said, well, we're a big company. I'm like, we got a lot of back. Yeah, I'm like, well, like, I think you're bad at hypothetical scenarios. Yeah. It's like, you know, because if you're not even willing to run that scenario through with me, then you're not willing to get real. Yeah. And it's like, so you got to, we got to talk right now. It's like, yeah, we might have core values and be good friends, but what happens if this goes wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think ultimately for us as electricians, the the beauty of it is, I think all the way around, if you're going to start a business and you're going to go solo or you're going to partner, whatever, um, outside of the however tumultuous that might be, a falling a falling out or whatever, you're an electrician, and ideally you're a licensed electrician starting a company, and not not only were you a viable a- asset to any company, ideally, if you've got a good work ethic before you started a company, but now, say you've run a company for three years, even though that's not a, a long time, you still now have three years of marketing experience, you have three years of uh, project management, you have three years of estimating, it's like all those things then, yeah. even if it does fall apart in the end, you both can go and just yeah. Make make good money. That's the beauty of the trade. Yeah, you can always get a job. But I think it's like like, yeah. like you said, Corey, it's like as long as you have the operating agreement set up, mm-hmm. you know what the exit strategy is. Yeah. It's like you know how things are going to get divvied up. Because I had a, a former boss tell me, it's easier to get a divorce than to, to break up with a partner in a company. Because yeah. you, the more you grow, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like now you've got a building. Now you've got vans. Now you've got tools. Yeah. Um, and unless you have exactly 50-50 of everything, yeah. How do you how do you deal that stuff out? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and some of that has to do with other things too. Like Jake was buying a house around the same time that we were buying our first couple of vans, so he wasn't co-signing on those vans because oh, wow. that'd be liability for him. Yeah. Like I already own the house that I'm in, so that wasn't a problem. Yeah. So a couple of our vans, you know, they're I'm the co-signer on. Like the company's the holder, but I'm a co-signer, so like I've got some exposure there that he doesn't have. What happens if you know? Those are things that are important to figure out. Yeah. Like yeah. how do you handle? It? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys talk to a uh, like a small business lawyer or anything when you were getting set up? Yeah. Uh, well, so not when we were first set up. Um, about three to six months in, somewhere in that window, right around the same time, we got steady at having ourselves busy five days a week. Like that was kind of the threshold for like let's figure out like what's going on here. Uh, and then around the same time that we were having the valuation, that was because of some of the other you know operating agreement, the buy sell agreement, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that yeah, that was the small business piece, and then I'm a member in a BNI chapter, and we've got a local um, business attorney who specializes in 
the stuff that we're in. Okay. So that's helpful. Super helpful. Yeah. So you guys are five five employees, two two owners. Yeah. Okay. It's a good size. I like that size. How long have you guys had employees? So first employee came on around the five four. Uh, before we were six months in, oh, we had wow. our first guy, somebody I worked with at a previous company, okay. um, and uh, he came in, um, had about a year left of school, um, so he was the first one, um, and then we hired in uh, a brand new, fresh, green apprentice um, a couple of months after that, maybe 90 days after that, and that's where we were all the way through, at that point, we had, that would have been a five of us because we still had the third partner at that point. Okay. Um, and then later that year, like October-ish, maybe September, we uh, we brought in another li- licensed electrician. That gave the first piece of margin for um, step back from one of the owners oh, wow. to, be, to go from being part-time yeah. in the field, in the office, to like full-time out. Wow. Um, so that was the moment there. So, yeah, we were... I guess about every quarter, kind of. We got to the, cool. the end of quarter two had been like a roughly our first hire, and then another quarter-ish we had our second hire, and then about three months later we were ready for the next hmm. one. So wow, that's, yeah. that's pretty quick. That's, then, yeah, we've had some turnover in there too, cool. so uh, nothing's perfect. You know, we had somebody like that first hire. Our first employee is now working over at uh, our local um, water treatment. Um, option we only have one option for that in town i guess that's true for probably most metro areas um but uh he got a a job offer there where he was going to be making like an extra i don't know 10 bucks 12 bucks or something on the hour Mm -hmm. uh plus benefits and all kinds of other stuff his retirement and he had a pension and like went from you know you do i couldn't compete like and not i'm not gonna say the dude wasn't worth it even if he was i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't do it uh, so we just gave him the free freedom in that, like he had like a month long interview process to go through to get, get that job. So, you know, we just gave him the margin he needed to, to do that. Cool. And he just kept seeing it through for us. And yeah, so, but we've had other turnover in there. We've had to have a couple of firings, which is not fun either. Yeah. Um, but we just, we're really slow on the hiring front. Yeah. Um, and we're, uh, <laughs> I've heard the phrase like slow to slow to hire, quick to fire several times. <laughs> and, uh, the the last firing was the first time we've been quick to fire okay. and I there was a zero regret yeah in, in doing it it was clearly a need that needed to happen a uh, great kid just was kind of toying with the idea of doing this and a didn't like it but b we just weren't getting engagement and wasn't taking action on like the low hanging fruit like you're five minutes late every day no no, <laughs> no. And it wasn't, it's not like I'm not gonna let you go just because of that most likely maybe but anybody who who won't like honor those things tends to have other things that are also some problems with discipline so yeah late ladies folks that are late ladies. Not, not females not females not and not with a d with a t that's a whole different hiring <laughs> process say. yeah I was having a conversation with uh urban uh Ritiz, Ritiz from uh Ritiz electrical I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right um and um one of his employees was saying that she's always late that's the one thing that she just can't overcome is the latent the tardiness and I was like you know I talked about being in the military and I was like you know I think that a lot of people would say well did you are you on time because you were in the military it's like I know I was always like that, and, and in fact there are ladies not ladies but ladies in the military you know they you can't change a lady. A lady is it's a hard. lady. It's hard to change. It's like there's this fundamental principle that's I think ingrained somewhere in your in your sac your sacrum. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I was actually fired from Starbucks when I was seventeen, eighteen. 
um, right before I got into electrical for being late. They have a three-strike policy, which I totally respect. Um, I was able to change it. Um, oh, good. But I think that was a, a that was a the reason I respect their three strike policy is because I was 18 and I didn't really take it seriously. Yeah. And so they were like, "No, this is the third time you're fired." And I was like, "Oh, whoa, okay, <laughs> rules. All right. Good on you." <laughs> right. like, yeah. So people do care. <laughs> Can I still get my free frappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> I went to a concert that night, a Billy Corgan solo concert. Oh, whoa! Horrible, by the way. Billy, oh. <laughs> uh, three hour drive home. Sat down on my couch at like. I don't know, like three in the morning, had to open the store that morning, which means you have to be there at like 5.30. So I'm like, I'm not even going to bed, right? I'm just wow. going to sit here for a second <laughs> and uh, then I'll go to work. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm sitting up, the phone's ringing mm-hmm. and it's like 7.30 and it's the store manager and she's like, where are you? They have a, they have a policy where they have to have two people to open the store mm. because somebody got shot in DC opening by themselves. So it's a policy. Sure. She's like, I have yeah. had customers lined up out front for like an hour and a half, I finally had to open against policy. Where are you? So she made me come in, work like three hours of the shift, and then she That's fired me. And so when she fired me, she started crying. I was like, no, it's it's totally, you're fine. You're doing what you're supposed to do. I was like, so I, I can go home and sleep now, right? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it's like, but, I'm so tired. I, but for me, it was, I'm a very all or nothing person. So it's like either five minutes yeah. late or I'm 30 minutes early. Mm-hmm. And just, you're going to find a parking lot yeah. somewhere about around, around the corner from the person's house mm-hmm. and wait and show up exactly five minutes early. That's a right? real art. I think nobody talks enough about how uh, trades people sit in parking lots. It's, it is, I think if you have you had yeah. add up all our time in parking lots. I park in a Dunkin' Donuts and I see like a plumber there and I'm like, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so we don't have a lot of parking lot stuff uh in most of the residential kind of areas that we can do so a lot of times i like street park a couple of streets over yeah. and i have twice had a police officer pull up behind me <laughs> because a neighbor has been concerned because there's a contractor van yeah, that's yeah. parked out front but nobody's getting uh-huh. out and they think so i've had a couple of conversations with local police officers who are just doing their job like well what are you what are you doing here like oh i've got a call like yeah seven houses away yeah some ladies watching what? home like, alone like <laughs> <laughs> so there's some contractor with a gold tooth outside you know um yeah what i'll do in a lot of those cases if i'm in a residential residential area with no um parking lots i'll actually continue to drive around and just watch my gps readjust yeah and make sure that i'm just make sure that i'm not more than five ten minutes away from the house mm. but that really is an art you know yeah, and peeing on the go, like peeing when you don't have a place to pee, like showing up early, having to drive 45 minutes to a place in the morning after you've had three cups of coffee, yeah. and you get there because you got to get there early, and then you got to find a parking lot, and then you got to pee in a bottle. You got time. Your rite of passage, your rite of passage with young apprentice Daniel, uh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> you got to know. Did you on a on a on the same note but slightly different? Have you sure. listened to the audiobook Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey? No. Do not read the physical version because he reads the audiobook. It's the only way to consume it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But he talks about a point when he gets a van and he's just living life on the road, being beautiful Matthew McConaughey, right? He's like, life just is in my favor. Yeah. But at one point, he had a uh, tube installed through his driver's seat down to the bottom of the van. So he didn't even have to get in a bottle. He would be, he was driving and he would just Just be on the road. And it's just going out the bottom of the van. What's the term for that? Is that a, like is that a road a load? Like, what do you? What do you? I don't know. It's a good. It's a good. There's got to be a term for it. Yeah. There's got to be a term for that. Yeah. I feel like I mean, isn't that what planes do? Planes just let it out into the air, do right? They really? It yeah, just dissipates. Just, really? Well, isn't that what from Joe Dirt? That big old space poopy. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is that true? Do planes do that? I don't know. If it, I don't. Know. I get, I I get most of my knowledge from movies. <laughs> from from David Spade movies. <laughs> most stuff I know is from a David Spade it's movie. Dierte. It's actually French. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's funny you said Joe Dirt because I was kind of thinking about like you were talking about like just beautiful Matthew McConaughey living on the road, and I was just thinking like he, that he's kind of beautiful, intelligent Joe Dirt. That's kind of who Matthew <laughs> yeah, McConaughey he has is. This, he has this line in the book where he's like, "I believe that life is conspiring to make me successful," and it's like, "Yeah, well, also, you know, it's like you're it tall is. and good looking and yeah. funny and charming. It's yeah. like you know." Let me tell you, Matthew, we all agree. Life <laughs> is <laughs> agree. Life is conspiring to help yeah. you out like yeah. we all see it you're yeah. you got it all going yeah. when he came out yeah. with true detective and some of his other like more serious roles i was he's like brilliant. okay you're yeah. actually a good actor yeah, i'll brilliant. give it to you yeah. he's like that I'll popular kid who's also nice you're like damn it yeah dang it yeah he's, like, oh. yeah, he's attractive and talented yeah. you're just like Fuck, i was really hoping to be a jerk yeah <laughs> Now I want to date you. It's like, what am I? You know what I mean, Come on, Matthew? <laughs> what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Yeah. So that's the only audiobook that I, I, you absolutely have to be just the audiobook. You can't read the actual green light. Yeah. So we both check it out. we both just started listening to Sean Van Dyke's um, profit profit first, first for, for contractors. contractors. But now yeah. we talked before the podcast. You were saying yeah. maybe just go with the original profit first. So. Sean's is a good deep dive. Um, they're, the, the basics of it are really good to implement. Um, Mike Michalowicz wrote the first one, um, but like Sean Van Dyke has expanded for like contractor-specific things. Yeah. Um, there are some really interesting concepts um, through that and some of his coaching stuff uh, with regard to like paid for planning, which is a thing that we're interested in with some – like you guys probably see this. They're probably – I know – not everybody wants to work with GCs, right? So that's always an uphill battle. Um, but like, there are probably GCs that you've seen that like have a scope of work for you, that have prints for you, that have like a cabinet layout for what it's going to look sure. like. Maybe some material selections and things. There are other guys who have a scope of work when you show up, um, and they've got plan- like a plans or prints, and those that scope of work maybe uh, rewire kitchen. That's it. Nothing else that they've like specifically sold to somebody. And you got other people who are like, well, you're the electrician. You should know what this place right. needs. Yeah. So there are three different tiers in that. So if I show up to GC1 who's got everything for me, I don't want to charge that guy anything to put a bid together for him. But if I have to show up and I have to design your plan for you, I've got to do your lighting layout for you. I have to do all of those things. Like that's a difference in like sometimes two to three times the amount of time to get a bid out yeah. to do that for you. So if I can crank out guy number one in four hours start to finish on a bigger job and guy number three is going to take me a day and a half i'm sending you a bill like i, I have to i can't do that for free yeah um so just some of those kind of pieces like we haven't implemented that but like just over time that weight has kind of been there but sean gets into some of those things and it is great but as far as like that that book itself it kind of references back to uh the original book a lot uh, but there are things in the original book that are just based toward like general business. Mm. So the operating expenses and how your percentages work out in that aren't going to match. Okay, uh, That's one of the things we're still trying to figure out. Like what do we put aside for tax savings? Uh, Jake and I are both conservatives. So like we want to save more than we think we need yeah. to, but we don't want to find out at the end of the year, like, well, you've saved $50,000 for your taxes and you owe 30. Great. That 20,000 would have been awesome when I was fretting making payroll next week yeah yeah that's a uh, government savings account yeah, yeah. so i mean that's how we started off initially before the profit first thing way back in the day was two accounts operating and tax yeah. i knew that i had to put oh, money yeah, away for tax. Yeah. that's all i knew like there's a, a great a great breakdown on how to do that in those books yeah um, sean is incredible for like the business coaching side of things um and really good off the cuff too for just like 
straightforward, no nonsense business stuff. And yeah. he's kind of that kick in the nuts you need sometimes. You, just to have you guys worked with a business coach? Have you sat down with a business coach? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, not directly with like one-on-one coaching. Yeah. So on, we used Sean's program with the built to build Academy. Um, and that was a, there was, there's different tiers in that. Mm-hmm. So like you can have just access to some videos. The next step up is like some group coaching. So a couple of days a week, you'll do group coaching stuff. So it's you and a handful of other people, kind of like a, a live mastermind class kind of thing. Like that's the nomenclature we hear for that is just like a bunch of big brains together or small brains functioning as one big brain together. Yeah. <laughs> however, however the, the business maturity there that's is, right. but, um, the, um, yeah, we, we did that. And then the next tier up, you actually can do one-on-one coaching. It just, when we did it about a year and a half ago is when we enrolled in the academy stuff. So, uh, we were not in a place where we could afford to make that, you know, one-on-one coaching piece. I, I fully believe it's going to be worthwhile for anybody who is in that yeah. spot, but that's what we're finding out. Yeah, yeah. We, I have a, you know, good friend who runs a uh, really successful HVAC and plumbing business. And uh, he's been telling me for a long time. I'll hang out with him. He'll be. He'll just be throwing stuff at me that's super useful. And I'm like, Ken, this is this is worth something, man. He's like, Well, you know, I mean, sit down with me anytime you want. I'm an open book. And um, he's recently considered starting doing professional coaching. And we're like, You should. You should. And we sat down with him recently, and it's like, so much, so much knowledge, so much good stuff that he threw at us yeah. and it's like whether you take the advice or not or you go with him or not like the, the idea of having a coach when you are in a profession you know it's like if you're a martial artist you have a coach yeah you know you have a trainer yeah. and even no matter how high up you are there's always someone who's higher there's always yeah. someone who can offer you more or different yeah. ideas or different insight they're on the outside and they have more experience it's like it i think it's totally worth it yeah i mean it, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it's, it's something that's been good for us and there's, there's different aspects to it too. Like it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have somebody who's going to be great as far as like a standard operating procedure. Like maybe you find people who are like the specific pain point that that's their specialty. Cause like the, the reality is I doubt there's any one person who's a guru across the board at everything yeah, about sure. every business, even within the contracting world, like Sean's focus for a lot of it is more toward your general contractors. Right. There are still subs who are in there, that kind of thing. But like, so the same things we're talking about, like it was great to be in there because there were GCs who'd ask questions like, what can we do better that would make our subs happier? Like subs, like there were like four or five of us who were in the group coaching. Like, what could we do better? Like do what you say you will when you say you will. Right. That's true. So it's basic, you know, little yeah. things, yeah. but um, some of those feedback pieces that makes a big difference. For sure. Give me more than one day to get there when you need me. <laughs> yes. That's the big one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the hard that's thing. Amazing. So with your in, – in on, sub, con, on subs and, and working with contractors because we touched on this a little bit in our back-and-forth communication. Um, yeah. We're always trying to dial in. We talk about it a lot, but we're always trying to dial in what's our uh, – what's our <laughs> what are our main streams of revenue? And we try to base that off of what we, what we like to do, what we're good at. And how we like to do business. And a lot of that comes from how the things we ha- haven't enjoyed. Uh, you know, saying yeah. no to the things we haven't enjoyed. And one of the things that we've had a hard time with, I think both of us, is the finding that right contracting team to do work with that gives you enough heads up. You know, gives you the autonomy to interface with the client so that you have that relationship with them. Um, and also does quality work so that... you. It, you want your name attached, attached to it, correct. yeah. Yeah. So, and I know that on the on the other side, G- GCs and contractors they have a hard time finding 
subs that they feel the same way about. Yeah. It should be a dating. Is there a dating site for GCs and subs? How to GCs and subs? Yeah. It's gcglassslipper.com. <laughs> That's what it um, is. Swiping, <laughs> just swiping left or right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and it really depends on what you're looking for, man. Because like, there are people who who thrive in chaos. Yeah. They want that guy who calls tomorrow. And there, a lot of these GCs, some of them are, are unfortunately dinosaurs, and they're used to a point in time where they could expect and demand always, only ever wholesale pricing because they were the only builder that that person worked with, and they had enough book of business that they could keep them busy. So they didn't have to advertise. Their customer relationship was one dude, so showing up for that, and you were always one of his projects. Yeah. So, like, if you know House B needed to be roughed in, and House A was halfway through the finish, but it didn't have to close for another three weeks, well, go rough House B mm-hmm. for me, and we'll catch this back up. Like there was a give and take there. Um, a lot of that's not true anymore. As like the skills gap has grown, like it's easier to be a GC than to be a dedicated trade across the board in our area. Like HVAC is harder to be a, a contractor, plumbing's harder to be a contractor, electrician's harder to be a contractor. But to be a GC, like you basically just have to have your business license and you're done. Hmm. You got to know how to pull a permit. That like that's the barrier. So when you have that as like the barrier to entry, um, finding the right skilled trades to fill things up. Uh, I guess the, the the whole point I was trying to, to get back to there is that the right fit as a GC, it depends on what they're looking for and what you're looking yeah, for. Right. Like a client. Like that's, the, that's, the, that's the hardest thing to, to figure yeah. out. Like it's the ideal clientele, who that is, what you want. Yeah. Um, some people don't want to interface with a customer ever. It's true. I like to. Yeah, I want to make sure that they're going to be happy when same. I'm done. And we, we, that's the whole, for us, that's our whole model really is like that, that mm-hmm. relationship with the client and, and finding yeah. the clients that, I was, I was chatting with a guy today and it was like, he, he asked, what's the, what's the perfect client? What you, what client are you looking for? And I was like, man, just like <laughs> somebody who doesn't want to do the work themselves. Somebody who's not going <laughs> to, somebody's not going to call us after they've taken all the lights down and gotten themselves in trouble and want to yep. uh, try to bid us as low as possible. Somebody who's not fishing, somebody who, somebody who has the budget to, because with residential, one of the hardest things is you are asking people to spend their own money. That's they're spending money. You're giving them a service, but it is coming from a person's pocket. And so, yeah, you want people who have the budget to do the things they want to do, and they want you to do them. And uh, that that audience is out there. And so it's just a matter of like figuring out how to how to reach them. Well, people that see value. It's like yeah. you don't have to necessarily. You don't necessarily have to get the richest customer for them to want to spend their money with right. you. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, you look at like a company like Patagonia, right? It's like you buy a flannel shirt for them for $190, yeah. but they have the ironclad warranty. They're doing good things for the planet, all that good stuff. And Plus, it's like, people so, think you're cool. People will people think you're are cool like, if yeah, you wear it. Like, oh, like, yeah, this guy's Patagonia. <laughs> but so it's like skateboards or something. People are willing to invest money. In that, even if they don't have a ton of money, because yeah. they see the value right. in it. So a customer that sees value in what you mm-hmm. offer, it's like, all right, I'm going to get these recess lights installed. They're going to be here. They're not temporary. It's not. I'm not. Gonna, they're not food. I'm not going to consume them. They're not going to go away. There's long term value. It's a one time investment. I'm going to have my garage wired, and I'm going to use that for the next 20, 30 years. There's value in that, you know. So it's like people that can see that and appreciate it and be willing to put the money out now. As opposed to trying to get it as cheap as possible. Yeah, you know. Yeah, a lot of what we try to sell on is is the <clears throat> the value piece itself with regard to like what it is that we feel like somebody's going to value, but also about what what it is that we value. Mm. Like, where's the where is the value in this this equation? So, 
what's the what's the thing that somebody's going to care about most? Is it the end result? Because like we're not this buried intellectual contractors in Louisville. There's a lot of us, but we're not like oversaturated by any stretch. But there are a lot of good contractors as far as their end products. But what's the experience between that? How many times did you have to call them before you got a call back? Mm-hmm. Did you catch a live person ever? Yeah. Did they show up on time? Did they show up on the right day? Did they show up with any notice? Did they just trash your place while they were there? Did they clean up after themselves? Like it's all those other factors that like the ideal client for us looks at and goes, oh, okay, yep, you're my people forever. And others, others, it's literally just that like Jake and I endeavor to answer the phone. Like if it's during business hours, you're going to get a live person 99.9% of the time. And We've able we've been able to get there by having other guys and stepping back ourselves, yeah. which is a beautiful place to be. But it's not easy to get there, and it's not fun, yeah. you know, skipping paychecks to make sure some of that stuff happens in the earlier stages. Yeah. But at this point, like that level of customer service is where we angle. Like across the board, we are a customer service company who performs electrical work. Yeah. Like that's like that's that. who we are. Yeah, so, yeah, I like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And if you make a mistake, you own it. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, as long as people are being genuine, like, I mean, you guys have talked on a previous podcast about like that customer who's pulling wire and stuff while you're not there and messing things up and leaving three ways out of boxes and stuff and then pointing the finger at you. Like those, those are clearly not a good customer. So like props on walking away from a project that's clearly like, it It was not easy. And, And we actually wrote up because we were so concerned with that one because we had come in and in our, first morning there had moved a few things around taken a few things down we we made sure before we left that we came back with an agreement because of everything we went through we wrote up everything we touched everything we did and everything we didn't and we made them sign we had them sign it and i'll tell you ryan if you're listening talk about having a partnership here right so doug was started the process with the customer and the project i arrived and he said, here's what we got going on. And he told me he's, he's uncomfortable with it. He explained, he brought me up to speed. We had a little powwow out in the driveway, and we threw it back and forth. And he felt uncomfortable, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it. And I was like, I was on the outside able to pinpoint on the fact that the customer basically blamed him within the first five minutes yeah. of screwing up the three-way he didn't actually touch. And I was like, that's a red flag, man. So it's like there's a situation where someone who is invested in this situation can be a sounding board, and together we came up with a solution to got, move yeah, forward. We got to go in and talk to these people and yeah. say we can't do this yeah. without a permit, and they didn't want to pull a permit because they yeah. were they were building it themselves. So that was that. Yeah. We we had one recently that was uh, <clears throat> it was hard to say no to because I liked the people, like genuinely like when I met them, they seemed like our clientele. They were nice and friendly and and cool, and I was like, this is great. And we gave them a price to do some recess lighting, and she they send us an email saying hey uh we ran into this issue with some plumbing we had to like spend all this money which look dude i get it like i get it it's fine or you're not ready for it now or you want to do it yourself it's fine but she said my husband went ahead and started cutting the holes for the recessed lights he did i basically talked to him about how we would do the job how we would match with retrofits to match the new ones he went ahead and did it based on my rec- based on how i told him we would do the job that's look it's fine, even though I raised my voice there a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've done some therapy over this. Don't worry. But the thing, okay. the thing that irks me is that it was good because I got an opportunity to do something that I haven't done before, which is 
she reaches out and she lets me know that. And she's, she's very honest. She said, hey, we ran into this jam. We're financially strapped. My husband wanted to do this himself, but he got hit a limit. Would you be willing to come do the rest of the work and just give us your hourly rate? And I, so we talked about it. <laughs> so Doug calls me. I called His voice is very high. <laughs> it's fine. So she should just pound sand, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like Doug. Hold on. So, so I reach out and I say, I give her the, it's a liability because we can't come in on the back end. I just kind of said, you know, this is a job we can't take on. It's a liability. And I, I was hoping that I wouldn't have to get into why? explaining to her that we need to be profitable in order to keep being a business. And so she sends an email back that says, well, you're in luck. Because <laughs> my husband actually didn't touch any of the electrical stuff, so there's no real liability here. And I said, okay, so if I'm being honest. <laughs> and then I just said it. I just was like, in or- I was like we love what we do, and we want to keep doing it, and we want to keep offering it to people. But I, we have to say yes to profitable projects. We gave you a price up front. That's the price to do the job. I was like, I, I just can't say yes if you've already done half the project to come in. I go, the reason we don't price hourly and we price per, per project is to remain profitable. Yep, yep. The reason we supply materials is number one, because they've been vetted and we trust them, but number two, to remain profitable. If the price doesn't work for you, that's okay. Yep. We're not your team and that's all right, but I won't come do it and lose money why should i and she even said in her email like well maybe wink wink we could save a little money by doing it this was like look for you <laughs> you're gonna put us out of business lady yeah. and, I, and i think you're nice and so that's always the contrast yeah. is it's like you meet people and they can be really cool yeah. but it just still might not be the yeah. right job for you it can take some people There's back been, yeah being that honest but the reality is it's kind of refreshing because what contractor is going to tell you look the reason um we put markup on materials is because it's part of how we make money yeah, like, you know that I mean, you know that real nice house you live in that you're asking us to do work on. I want one too. I want a nice <laughs> house too. It ain't just about you, lady. Yeah. We got to make money too. I know we're just a uh, you know. Yeah. But that, that, the phone call was great because, like, Doug knew he knew the issue and we're we're talking through it. And it's like I was like, all right, well, so if if we just let's pretend we're not talking to the customer, we're just talking out loud to the universe. You know what is. What is the problem with this scenario? The reality is we don't want to do that because it won't make us the money we need to stay in business. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I, I had this with my mom years ago. I, I used to call her when I was like first in the electrical industry. She's a great sounding board. She's super wise. And I'm, I'm ranting over this situation with a customer. I forget the specifics, but it was mm-hmm. like, you know, basically I was like, you know, I don't know what to tell this lady other than the truth. And then there's this big pause and she goes, why don't you start with that? Yeah. And it's like, oh, whoa. Well, and I got off the phone, and that's what I did. Well, I think it's, I think it's also good for people who, because there's a big movement in the world and has been for a long time to to go with the local brand, and people pride themselves on it, and they say, "I shop local, we shop local, we want to use local people." Buy local. But then they want to treat you like a corporate entity and say, "Well, you guys could do that for nothing, right?" Because it's like I shop local, so I'm helping you guys out. It's like, no, you're killing us, lady. Like. The price we gave you is the price that we need to make so that we remain in business. If you can't do it, it's it's okay. You, you yeah. lo- you're looking for another contractor, but for us to do it, we have to do it at this rate. And um, yeah, 
you used a keyword there, like for us to be in business. Cause like there are times where I'm bidding work, especially when like there are certain jobs that really just pluck your heartstrings. Like, especially where somebody's been taken by, yeah. you know, chucking a truck or even a local contractor who's just, I haven't heard right? that yeah. yet. We say, fr- we say oh. frickin' frack a lot. I haven't heard chucking a truck. I've got a list. Like you got, you got chucking a truck, you got staying in a van, you got Craigslist Carl. There's a handful of these guys out there that are, yeah. But these guys are, there are people who are taking advantage and like, those are heartstring plucks for us. And honestly, like those are probably our least profitable jobs because I'm inclined to charge less because they've already been taken for money from somebody who's not answering, not coming back, already kind of screwed them. But on those, like the hard thing, the thing that Jake does a really good job at calling me out on is like, if we don't make money, we won't be here to keep taking care of people the yeah, right that's way. That's true. The best way to take care, and, and I think Sean Van Dyke said it too in a video I was watching today, the best way to take care of your clients is to remain in business and to be, yeah, it's just, it's look, it's so funny because we all go through it. I think we all, anybody who's a contractor that starts a business, you go mm-hmm. through that process of like, it's just this process where you're like, you think about money the way you would think about it first. And you think to yourself, I wouldn't pay that for a thing. You know, you think all those things that you think. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's this long, if you can last long enough, you come to the realization that, oh my God, I'm wing dinging it. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I'm not charging what we need yeah. to charge. And in, in, unless we make that change, what's the point of doing this? Just yeah. go work for somebody. Yeah. And you touched on it. It's like, these people have been burned before. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. The bar is pretty low in the service industry in terms of the trades. Unfortunately. Right? Yeah. And so my good friend Ken, our mm-hmm. pseudo business coach, said this, like talking about friends and family, because that's something I struggle with, mm-hmm. friends and how to price that stuff. And he says, look, your true friends will pay full price because they believe in your business and they want it to thrive. Mm-hmm. The reality is the reason they're paying you or they're hiring you is not to get a cheap job. They're hiring you because they can trust you. Yeah. So when you come into that customer's house who's been burned, what you're offering is not a cheap price because they didn't get burned with the pricing. They got burned with the contractor. They got burned with the quality. So it's like yeah. you are hiring you know, Lighthouse Electric or Lumen Brothers Electric not because you're going to get the cheapest job but because you can trust those individuals. Yeah. You know, They're going to be you know, nice to your family. They're going to put booties on their feet. They're going to clean up when they're done. They're going to involve you in the process, right? They're going to probably spend way too much time with your dog, but it's like, you can trust these people. And it's like, if they make a mistake, they're they're really quick to be like, ma'am, I'm super sorry, but I broke that vase on your table. Hopefully it's not a family heirloom because I can buy a new one if if it's not the case. But it's like, we've had a case where it's like, yeah, people just see when, when you're quick to own that mistake, People aren't used to that level of respect and honesty. Yeah. And very often, even if it's irreplaceable or expensive, just you coming out, they'd be like, don't worry about it. I'm glad you told me. You know, it's like that goes yeah. way further than doing the job perfectly. Right. Yeah. And how you own up to your mistakes, like making a mistake is human. We do it. We, we overlook things. It's how you respond to it. When somebody yeah. sees it or something happens, you don't pass an inspection, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Like just from a psychological perspective, like you kick the legs out from under somebody's anger most of the time when you're like, look, I messed this up. Yeah. Sorry. First of all, uh, I would like to make this right. We have a game plan for what we'd like to do, but what do you feel like we would need to do to make this right for you so I can make sure that you're going to have your expectations met on making up the difference here? Yeah. 
what what are you looking for on that? Because sometimes somebody's like, you know what, it's cool. Uh, just knock a couple hundred bucks off this job, and we'll call it even. And sometimes they're like, no, buddy, like that was hard to find. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, yeah, go find yeah. it. You got but it. But you touched on it. It's, it's it's a lesson from extreme extreme ownership, which is where it's like you own up to the mistake, but you've also kind of got a plan already. Yeah. Like, hey, we put a foot through your drywall. But here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Either we're yeah. gonna repair it. Or we know a guy that can repair it for you and we'll cover the bill. Mm-hmm. You know, ha- however it is, the fact that you're coming to them and saying, yeah. here's the problem, yeah. here's my solution, what do you think? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I had a, uh, I did a bonehead thing uh, not long ago where I thought I would be cool and replace a uh, thermostat with a Nest thermostat without killing the breaker first. And everybody knows mm-hmm. how that went. Um, and it just blew a fuse in the, in the uh, furnace. And that's fine. Yeah, a little three amp fuse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, Speaking from experience. I did it. I did it. And uh, it immediately happened. And I just immediately called our friend Ken's company and said, hey, can you guys, how how soon could you get somebody out here? They said, you know, like next day or same same day. And uh, I did that before I even told the client what I did. And then I went down and said, hey, hey, blue fuse in your furnace. Um, It's my fault. Uh, Guy's on his way out here right now. We'll cover the cost. And she just was like, cool. Yeah. Probably got a new HVAC contractor out of it too. Yeah, totally. We sent some business their way. So it's just yeah. about just like, look, it's okay. We we mess up. How do you yeah. how do you fix it? But yeah, it's it's knowing your like we were saying, knowing your value. What you're offering the customer is being a good person mm-hmm. and a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, professional. Yeah. But part of being a professional is your price is still where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's where some value from business coaching is really good. Like just explaining your value, like the value proposition happening before anybody's ever made the phone call to you, like understanding on the front end, like, look, they're not known. Like if you, we've got, I don't know, 70 Google reviews or something at this point. None of them say we're cheap. (laughs) None of them. We don't have control over what that says. Like none of them say we're cheap. So like sometimes we'll get somebody who calls and they're like, Hey, you know, we just bought this house. We just moved to town and we want to get these things done. We'll come out and we'll look at it. We give them a price. And they're like, Oh, we would have expected to pay a third of that where we're from. Where were you from? Well, it turns out like the cost of living there is a third of what it was here. Yeah. Of course it was lower. I'm sure that our prices are lower than yours probably up in that D.C. area. Okay. There's probably just a difference of cost of yeah. living that makes yeah. things different. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you've had – we hear so many of our customers have had an electrician. Oh, we had an electrician for years, but he just retired or he just died or both. And it's like, you know, um, there's so- – Good time to do that. Yeah, a lot of times it is. That's, electricians retire one way, <laughs> right? They get hit by two two seventy seven and just turn the mist into the dust. You know, but, um, that's the only way to go. But um, yeah. you know, so they're so used to having one customer or one contractor who did it a certain way. So it's like that's all we they had to know. Reach out early. We had to reach out earlier. We did a job today finishing or doing the rough end for a basement that's being finished. And uh, the contractor reached out after the fact because he got an inquiry from his customer um, whose brother is on some kind of board but is a former electrical contractor in a different state. And they wanted us to break down the bid to like labor and materials and some of the other like the costs per unit and some other things that he wanted to kind of see there to which we responded like, well, no, like, first of all, like you accepted the price before we ever came out to do it. That's, that's the first important bit, but also you've given me a few like key pieces of information here. You said this guy is a former electrical contractor in a different state. So first of all, region is going to affect pricing everywhere in the country is going to be a little different, but also you said former electrical contractor. If I'm being gracious, he took a better opportunity. If I'm not being gracious, he failed. (laughs) Why? Yeah. 
Like, how do you like, yeah. yeah. So those things come up. Like, what's the, what's the reason? Like the, the uh, biggest thing, like we all get to curate right on Instagram or, or any of our social media is like, what's the reality for most guys? Like, if you read through some of these things, the Mike Michalowicz, that profit first guy, his mission statement in life is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. doesn't matter what business you're in. There's a lot of guys who have three mortgages on their house to make sure they can pay their people because they're chasing that next thing. Mm -hmm. And like, there are plenty of people who are in town who are one bad week yeah. or two weeks or one bad month away from being out forever. Yeah, like you talked about the Lumen Brothers piece, right? That year one job, dude. Like that's that's real. Yeah. There's risk in this game. Yeah, and there are guys who are out there who are losing money actively and don't yeah, know it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think probably most don't of us it. just because of the nature of who who we are as as people were you know, most of us get in the trades because we don't like sitting down and we like to, we're a little rough around the edges and we like to bust stuff and build stuff back up and use use tools and stuff. So it's not always the same demographic as the real heady uh, math uh, whizzes who love accounting. You know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> a lot of us are just winging it and trying to dial it in as time goes and we're hoping that it all kind of works together over time, we learn in time to, you know what I mean? It's a. Not it's many Sparkies yeah. know double entry bookkeeping. <laughs> no, yeah. that's been around for like 2,000 years at this yeah. point. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Greeks nailed it a long, long time ago. We're still trying to figure it well, out. Well, and that's the thing, right? And the Greeks probably knew their value. <laughs> you know? They definitely knew their value. <laughs> yep. That's why they're gone. Wait, there's still. Wait. <laughs> Well, Corey, man, hey, look, we won't take up much more of your time here. We, we've got you on for yeah, about an hour. You've got um, a new baby. Yeah, you got a new baby. I do. Is it baby? Yeah. I have a Baby number four. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, where, how come we don't hear the baby? We haven't heard a baby this whole time. Oh, uh, I'm in I'm in the bunker. Right. Um, this is uh, this is the homeschool section okay, of the house. Right uh, baby's asleep upstairs okay. or enjoying some mama milk. Oh, so. nice, man. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. How's it been so far? Good. Uh, it's been good. Not our not our best sleeper to date. Not our worst. So wow. Everything's going great there. But she's healthy, doing well. Congratulations, so. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. Awesome. Appreciate yeah. it. How how has it been running the company with a new baby? I guess you're used to it at this point. Yeah, uh, this is the second new baby I've had during like a newer business. Okay. So the the next youngest uh, was around similar uh, time frame. Was born. The about nine months before Lighthouse started in the midst of the bad partnership with Mr. Wizard. And uh, yeah, so this is a second go around with a new baby. Um, okay. That's the nicest way to refer to it. Mr. Wizard Electric, yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, speaking of, of partnerships, there, there's the real one, right? The wife, you know? It's oh like, my gosh, dude. Like, that, that, that partnership with Mr. Wizard wouldn't have happened if I was listening to her. Um, so, one of the things we talked about earlier, you were talking about bouncing things off your yeah. wife. If I can give anybody who's out there any advice whatsoever, who's in a long term relationship with whomever, use the wisdom yeah. of dude, your partner. My wife calls BS on everything. Mine too. And, Good. I, and I'm telling you, she doesn't. Yeah. She's over it. Don't let anything go. (laughs) (laughs) And it's incredible. I mean, it's like anytime I come home and I'm like, so here's what me and Doug are planning. Uh She's like, like, you've been talking to Doug again. (laughs) She's notorious for her eyebrow. Uh She's just, yeah, it's like, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. But which is beautiful because if we can get, first of all, if I can get an idea past Josh, we're working, right? We're cooking. (laughs) I am a little more grounded than Doug. Yes. (laughs) Slightly. If I can get an idea past Josh, we're good. But then we got to clear it past the real goal. Two more hurdles. Yeah, two more hurdles. So, um, 
But then, you know, sometimes you throw something out there and they're like, yeah, it's a good idea. We're like, it, it is a good idea? Whoa, like hold that. on. Right on. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, in Bible terms, that's the iron sharpening iron, dude. Like, so you guys get to like, yeah. like, so this is my idea. Well, it's okay. It would be better if yeah. this. Like, you take that yeah. and you hit hurdle number one and they're like, okay, yeah. but. And then by number four, like, you've got something that may be home. Yeah. When you, when you take really? on a business partner, you're taking on multiple other partners. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like. Yeah, to go back to Ryan has input into what I do and vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, if if I could give advice to Ryan, if he's going into a partnership, if you're in a long-term relationship and whoever you're thinking about is as well, go to dinner and talk it out amongst couples because your partnership is a work marriage. That's how we started. Like, it is 100%. And our first hire, we've been calling him our work baby. Yeah. You're a year or two in and you're like, should we do it? I mean, <laughs> it's a big, it's a, he's not, he's not going to make us any money right up front. You know, he's going to cost a lot of money. We got to send him to school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, he's going to make a lot of mistakes and he's going to be real messy. Yeah. You know? He's going to blame, he's going to think we're idiots. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to be embarrassed by us. Yeah, he's going to be totally embarrassed. <laughs> and that's, all those things are real. <laughs> We uh, we aim more for the puppy on our yeah, end. Okay. Like we know that they're going to pee on the carpet, yeah, yeah, but like yeah, they're yeah. real cute and they're going to get things done. <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> I think the hardest yeah. thing about having a young apprentice is that uh, is is you are your flaws. Like there's mm. there's almost nothing harder. Child having a child or somebody who is younger has no perspective and looks at you when you're in the process of being responsible for making decisions and it's not shaping up the way you'd like. (laughs) For us, we handle it just like customers and managing expectations. We tell Daniel up front, like, look, man, you're going to see us make some goofy mistakes. Like, just Mm -hmm. know it that, like, my master's license is a piece of paper, man. You know, it's like... It's all process, yeah. There's a human There's behind a human it. Behind. Human element, man. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, but nothing humbles you. Yeah. Nothing humbles you more than having either a child or an apprentice because you're like, as you're, as, you're, as you're watching your day devolve, you like look over your shoulder and you're like. There are times, there are times, there are times when Daniel's like, did you mean to do that? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I have to step outside. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good though, man. Yeah. Like I, however you want to look at it, that spouse kid thing, man, like partner whatever like it, it's 100% great to have that mirror on the other side in that like partner relationship but like the kid or the apprentice in this situation man they're a microscope yeah. like you can look at yourself you can see the mirror in your business partner but you got that apprentice who's looking at you they will make you look at things at a microscopic level that you are not even thinking about yep. like, and, uh, and, and just like a kid yeah. he's watching me yeah. He's watching everything I do as it work. Uh-huh. He's watching how I talk to customers. He's, he's watching, watching how you eat your lunch, and he's questioning why you he's like, why you eating sardines. Are you eighty? Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, man. Are you a hobo on a train? <laughs> but yeah, it's accountability. It's a mirror. Yeah. It's and so taking on relationships. It's easy to be a, a lone wolf. It's it's hard to take on relationships that you have to work through. But mm-hmm. do the hard yeah. things, man. Yeah. I don't know who the quote was from originally, but like lower 48, I've seen him say it a bunch. Like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. It's a great quote. You got to do it, man. I think it's a good spot to end it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Corey. Thanks for everything, dude. Great yeah. talk. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, where can, uh, if folks are looking to find you, where can they find you? Sure. Uh, we're mainly present on the Instagram setup at lighthouseelectric.co. That's the, uh, the best place to find awesome. us. Awesome. Beautiful, man. Well, I look forward to having you back on here 
time and time sure. again. It's, it's great good. to have a. It's good to try. Yeah, it man, it's it's the best. So Maybe thanks so much, brother. We'll come visit Kentucky soon. Dude, awesome. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, we may uh, we may try to get up to uh, is it Philly next year for the Nico? Yeah, dude, we'll be there. Too. That'd be awesome. Or, uh, definitely. Yeah, we may try to make that happen. I'm, this is probably a terrible idea, but I'm tossing. I'm going to start tossing around the idea. That, that we all rent a big bus. <laughs> that we all get a, like a house together, and we. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's that probably not going to so work out cool. great, but we should do it. Yeah. <laughs> it may be miserable, but the stories that will come out of that house gonna be a lot of fun. for that week going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Right all right, Corey. Well, thanks so much for your time, and uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having we'll talk me. Talk to you soon, brother. Later. Yep. See ya. All right, that was our conversation with our good buddy Corey Blair over at Lighthouse Electric. You guys can go check them out on Instagram, Lighthouse Electric. Give them a follow, show them some support, and you know you might learn something from this guy because he's a real good dude and a humble guy and a smart, uh, really talented electrician. So go follow him, show him some support, and uh, you know you might just learn something from the guy, Corey. Thank you so much. I know you just had a baby, uh, so thank your wife for us for offering you that time and, and your awesome children. Let them know we really appreciate it. We appreciate your time. Guys, go check them out. Stay tuned. We've got more great conversations coming your way with contractors from across the country just like you telling their stories about how they got started why they do what they do uh, what their processes are all that stuff it's all coming up don't forget you can check us out on patreon.com become a contributing member of the show if you like what you're hearing and this is a show that you listen to regularly consider being a contributing donor the more we can grow this the more we can fund this project the more we can keep doing it so uh, we're definitely trying to encourage people to go over there become donors um and check out our YouTube page as well. Go subscribe to that. We're trying to grow that as well. Just a, a slow process of growth as we get our feet under ourselves uh, with this show and, and kind of continue to learn what it's all about. So that's it. Y'all have a great week. Whatever your projects are, approach them with the best positive mindset you can. Try to grow, learn from your mistakes, and have a great one. We'll see you next time.